Today's guest is a woman. We don't have a lot of women on our podcast, but I'm always glad when we do because I think it can help us understand things just a little better. She's had a lifelong curiosity about what makes a good marriage work, and now she's the wife whisperer or the husband whisperer. <laughs> she's coaching men on how to understand their wives and to be better husbands. Leslie Doors is today's guest on the main. Are you ready to live life to the full? Are you ready to rise up and live a life of honor? Are you ready to boldly step into a life of courage? This is the Manlyhood Mancast, and here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. Listen, guys, we've got some great contests for you. I want you to go to manlyhood.com slash contests and check out the ones that we've got because you want to be able to win something. You want to be able to have something to give, to hold on to that is inherently manly <laughs> or something that you can give to somebody else. That's a gift that you won because you entered the contest. It's really a great way to connect with us and we like having fun and we've got some amazing partners who've donated some amazing things for us to be able to give away. So go to manlyhood.com slash contests and keep an eye on that page because we're going to update it often. Something else you want to look out for guys is our manlyhood apothecary, dirty beard oil. Our friends at Hemp Mafia made this for us. It's got CBD in it and a bunch of other essential oils that make it just smell amazing. It's good for your beard. It makes it soft and makes it smell great. And it uh, has antibacterial properties and it helps to grow hair on your face. So you want to check it out. So go to manlyhood.com slash store and get some of our Manlyhood Apothecary beard oil. Another thing you want to check out, guys, is we've got a link to our supplements that are put out by Dr. Judson Brandeis. You've seen him on the show, and he has some supplements to help you boost testosterone, to help your circulation. Uh, there's Affirm, which you can uh, guess from the name maybe what that helps. And there's Support, uh, and he's got other supplements as well. So if you want to go to AffirmScience.com, and then once you get there and you find the supplements that you want to use, just use the promo code MANLYHOOD and you'll get 10% off your order. So guys, today's guest, Leslie Doors, has 20 years of experience as a couples coach and a therapist. And she's been in a 40-year marriage, so she knows a thing or two. She's really taken the time to learn and understand how a good, healthy relationship works. And she's dedicated her life to helping men understand their wives and she coaches she's doing great work so without further ado here's leslie doors leslie it is great to have you on the manlyhood mancast today thanks for being with us today i'm so excited to be here thanks so much for having me so i 
have been really intrigued with the work that you are doing. Maybe you could talk to our guests a little bit, introduce yourself and tell us what you're doing. I think it's very interesting to see it coming from your perspective. So I'd love to hear more. I, I'm a marriage and family therapist by training. And a few years back, I decided that I didn't really like the whole therapy kind of counseling model. I worked with couples for probably over the last 20 years. And one of the things that I've discovered when I was working with couples is that men, a lot of times men thought coming to me was a punishment. <laughs> okay, guys, no. And the therapy model doesn't really work very well for men. And the coaching model is much better. And I've been an athlete. I've participated in sports and do all kinds of stuff all my life. So I get the idea, and I have children and they had coaches. So I get the idea of coaches because in, in the case, therapy implies that something is wrong with you. You're broken. And people aren't broken. They just don't have the requisite information. And so I moved from, and I love working with men because I think that they aren't supported in society and in their relationships the way I think would be helpful to them and for their relationship. So that's why I now coach men and I created something called the Hero Husband Project because every man wants to be a hero to their to to the people that they love and so that's what I'm that's what I'm doing. Now. I have worked through some of that process of finding some inner healing and my wife and I had we got to a place where we needed some counseling and I'm like, I don't want to go to that therapist because I had my list of reasons and I don't really want to go to this person. Oh. There's always many of those reasons are good and valid. And I don't, we ended up working with a couple that's a good, some good friends of ours that have been through it. They weren't certified in anything. They're just uh -huh. friends who have very spiritual and really able to just see what was going on. And it was really helpful, but gosh, it's like the most uncomfortable thing to just sit there and talk about our feelings and, and I get that. I get that that's yeah. part of it, but it makes it very difficult because while I need support as a man emotionally, don't really necessarily like to talk about it. And that's, by the way, I think that's true for most people. And you're one of my, one of my current sayings is that nobody has to take a relationship 101 class and everybody should because we all think relationships are natural and they are up to a point. But in order to make a relationship work, you actually need to understand the rules. And there are rules to relationships. There are things that make them work and things that don't. And, and we just go along and you, we learn by experience, which can be quite painful sometimes. And sometimes it would be much more helpful to understand that everybody goes through this. There is nobody out there that doesn't have some kind of relationship challenge at some point in time. It doesn't mean I don't care about my partner. It doesn't mean my partner doesn't care about me. But when we get married, every romantic relationship we've been in before this one has ended. So what are we going to do to keep this one going? Because if we keep doing the same stuff, we're going to end up in the same place. And so it's not about anybody being broken. It's not about anybody being bad. It's nobody's just told us the rules. I don't know if you're old enough to remember the comic strip, Calvin and Hobbes, but it's playing Calvin ball and you're going along mm -hmm. and suddenly halfway through the rules changes. Who does this? So it's really about understanding what the rules are and then having the skills and tools to master them. LeBron James has at least five coaches that I know about because he wants to be the best at what he does. So tell me a little bit more about the difference between 
that therapy counseling slash model and the coaching model? Really, the therapy model is about and it's based on the medical model that something is wrong. Somebody has, maybe they have depression or maybe they have AD and they actually have a physiological underlying medical condition that therapy is meant to address. Now that's not to say that, but poor inability to communicate effectively is not a mental disorder. It is basically Mm -hmm. a life skill. And that's really the difference is that is about taking what is naturally there and enhancing it. Now, there sometimes we do have to go in, back into the past because that's where our experience is and that's where our thought processes sure. come from, but there isn't anything wrong with them. Nobody has, nobody has bipolar disorder. Nobody, it's not about depression. It's not, now all those things can come in, but for most normal people, that's not what's happening. It's just, hey, I don't, my, my partner wants me to be more open about my feelings and I don't even know what feelings are or I don't have them. Right. Yes, you do, but that's okay. And it's right. really right. about, it's really about, like I said, it's about more enhancing people than fixing them. If that makes any sense. I don't know if that clarifies mm-hmm. things. No, it really does. I think that's a very good picture and I love that picture because I think that, yeah, now, there's a part of me that also acknowledges that everybody's broken and everybody's crazy. And the sooner we can all <laughs> well, admit <yes>. it, <laughs> yeah, the sooner we can all admit it, then the happier world. Now my wife gets really mad when I say that because she's like, don't call me crazy. I'm like, it's everybody's crazy. Yeah, that means you're calling me crazy, but it's all good. We, we've worked past that. But that's, but that's true. We're, I'm always stunned. I've always loved studying the brain and neurology. I find it fascinating. And the idea that any of us come out remotely normal when we start out at these egg and sperm and then we grow. It's, I don't even know how the system works. It's amazing that most of you, that any of us come out even remotely normal. So it's really about, and that's the thing about coaching is it normalizes things. It's you're a human being. You're not flawed. You're not broken. You're not, you're just a human being that's had these experiences. Some of which have been great. Some of them have been painful, but they all come together to make us who we are. And then how do we bring our best selves to the table. Yeah. So what does that process look like in terms of, you talk about the tools that we're lacking or the information that we're lacking. So maybe you can coach me a little bit, or coach our listeners <laughs> a little bit. What does that look like? Sure. You, one, of, one of the first ones is basic communication. How do we get across what we're thinking, feeling, wanting in a way that can be heard and accepted. And we, when we're little kids, when we're babies, everybody's waiting for us to say that first word. What's that first word going to be? And so when we're little kids, everybody's just hanging on our every word. Now that I'm 24 years old, nobody wants to talk to me. I'm not that center of attention but we're not really taught what are the best ways to do things. And there's lots of stuff out there. One of the things that makes me crazy is all couples fight, even happy couples fight. It's not whether you fight, it's how you fight and you need to learn to fight fair. Okay. I have no problem with any of the skills that are taught under fighting fair. My problem is with the permission to fight because there's no positive spin you can put on that word 
oh, I just had a fight with my husband. That's most of the time we don't say that is a good thing, right? And so it's how do we manage our emotions, our language? One of the things I tell my clients, and I have actually been told it is the hardest thing that I challenge that I give them is to eliminate the word you from your vocabulary unless it's I love you, you're wonderful, I'm glad you're in my life. Then you may use you to your heart's content, but the why did you did, that's a very dangerous word and it spills out of our mouths really fast. And whether we're with our partners or our children or on the job, there are ways to invite interaction, invite being heard, invite hearing. And those are not skills that there's even, nobody teaches those. You don't have to go through a class in high school to get your diploma to show that you can have, you have good communication skills. Yeah. Yeah. I think of one of the things that I tend to do is the you always, or you never (laughs) in, in my website. Is that really true? Is that really right. true? What you're saying right now? No. Or you, what you're going to do is you're going. What you're going to do is you're going to activate the inner lawyer because they will find the one that that didn't happen last three Tuesdays ago in 2018. They're going to find the one time that's not a true case. So it's like, okay, right. fine. And kids are notorious for that. Oh, yeah. People say that to them. So communication skills and working on what are some other things I can do as a man, as a husband, as a partner to communicate better. With my family, especially with my wife. Well, a lot of it is about, really about accepting who we are as people. Because we have different strengths. We have different challenges. Some people can think very fast on their feet and can, can respond very quickly. Other people need time. They're what I call processors. They need to gather the information. They need to sort through it. They need to figure it out. And so, so sometimes it's the pacing and the timing of conversations. And by the way, one of my other rules is never start a serious conversation after eight o'clock at night. It's only going to go into the toilet. Don't do it. And so it's no, and it's knowing how to approach somebody with an issue. A colleague of mine talks about making requests instead of complaints or criticisms, because it's really easy to say what I don't want. It's a lot harder to come to the table and say, here's what would work better for me. And so if I come with a request, it's much, the other person doesn't feel attacked. They, they're not defensive, actually are much more open to hearing a request. Can we do it this way? Oh, okay. So no, that's, them, oh, sorry. that's one of the key skills is to how, and, but again, going back to, we, ha- we not be who we are. Now we want to be the best version of us, but it's okay for us to have our personalities, our little weird quirks, whatever, whatever it is that makes us. And the first person who has to accept that is us. And then we can present it to our partners because I'm actually okay with it. So if there's a problem, let's talk about it. And then I can make a decision as to whether or not I either want to or am capable of doing something different. But it's basically from the point that I'm actually okay as I am. Yeah, I um, I think that is probably one of the most important keys. Like I, I was talking to a friend the other day and he was describing this situation where his 
he just lost it, flipped out, and acted very out of character for himself. And then he didn't hurt anybody or anything like that, but it probably wasn't a far step to imagine that it could have gone that direction. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of just talking to him about it, and he said that he was repeating what he said, and he said, why do you do this and make me feel this way? And I'm like... <laughs> Okay, I see the heart of the problem right there is they can't blame somebody else for how they make you feel. Because the truth of the matter is nobody can make you feel a certain way. Now, we will have a reaction to what's going on. Well, something will happen and we will have an emotion. We will have a reaction to it. And that's, auto, that's automatic and it actually happens in our primal brain because for some reason we're perceiving threat. But then if we can pause and take a breath and go, do I want to feel this way? Do I want to be angry about this? Do I want to be frustrated? Do I want to be, because at that point in time, we get to choose. Yes, my partner has done something that I don't like that has, but then what do I want to do with that? Do I want to yell at them? Do I want to throw something against the wall? Do I want to stomp out of the room and not talk to them for three days? Or do I want to figure out what that was about and be able to come to them in a calmer, more approachable way so that we're not doing damage. But again, I can't make you feel a certain way. I could do something that results in this reaction, but after that, it then becomes up to me. What do I want to do with that? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's just a lot of it is taking ownership of my feelings and saying, okay, I have to be the one who is going to control how I react to this, how I respond to this. And doesn't mean that the feelings weren't real. He felt, he felt like he was being ignored, like he was being disrespected. Then there may have been some disrespect and some ignoring going on, but definitely taking that ownership of, I'm not going to, I'm going to choose to not let this push me to do something crazy. And a lot of that is about becoming more comfortable with the um, entire scope of emotions. And that's really, we're not actually encouraged to feel everything. And the truth of the matter is we can't arbitrarily shut down feelings. If we shut down the harder feelings, I don't talk about positive and negative feelings. I talk about easier and harder feelings. The harder feelings, the hurt, the anger, the frustration, the stuff we don't want to feel. We can't just shut those down without shutting down the positive ones, the happiness, the joy, the love, the stuff that we want to feel because we just can't do that. Antidepressants bring down the highs and bring up the lows, so they just flatten everything. You can't just say, oh, I don't want to feel anger or I don't want to feel frustration because then I can't feel joy. But it's hard because we don't know what to do with those emotions. And for a lot of men, they're not... They're, they either don't give themselves permission or society isn't giving them permission to feel the entirety of their emotions, even though we have, we all have them. And in fact, men feel, men often feel things much more deeply than they're given credit for because they're told to quote unquote, man up, whatever the heck that means. It's, it's like, it's, it's don't just stay this strong, silent type who can just stand and withhold, withstand all the stuff that life throws at them. And it's, it's why men die earlier. Right. Whether it's stress or suicide or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually, I actually love the phrase man up. 
in the right context. I think it in is the right something context. That, in the right context. It is something to say, hey, embrace your responsibility. Hey, embrace being courageous. Embrace pushing through the suck. There's a context for it. But when a guy is saying, I'm hurting, I don't know what to do. My wife's threatening to leave me and I'm broke. Yeah, man up isn't going to help that. It's no. not, unless what you, unless you explain what you mean, which is, all right, you've got a function. Let's compartmentalize this until you can deal with it. Get yourself under control and then we'll deal with this because I'll tell you, man, I think that's something with men, like we have that ability to take the feeling and temporarily shelve it in the back closet. But what if we don't learn to deal with that, then it becomes like my well, Yeah, and that's, and that's the challenge is that, and I would argue that is a skill that is good for everybody to know when it's all right to be all up in your feelings and when it's just not productive. But the problem is that we need to bring it back out and deal with it because it doesn't go away. And it's really about giving people permission and giving them acceptance, especially for men, to give them the acceptance that, it, that it's okay to be struggling with something because that's life. You don't have, no, none of us have all the answers. Yeah, exactly. When we're talking about communication skills, one of the things that I see all the time, and I'll just paint a scenario for you. And then I want to hear your response to that. Okay. I, and it's funny because I'm not a counselor. I'm not a therapist, but I'm the guy that does what I do. I try to help men become better men, husbands and fathers. And so guys will reach out to me and I'll talk to this guy and he's talking about this fight he got in with his wife. And he's like, look, I've got the text messages right here. And I'm immediately like, there's your problem, right? We, that, I feel like this is a great tool, but it is not good for communication with your spouse? No, as far as I'm concerned, cell phones should only be used to say, I'm running five minutes late. Can you <laughs> pick up some milk on the way home? Just basically what I call informational exchange, but actually having conversations over text, I think is very dangerous because you only have the words, you don't have any of the facial expressions, body language, tone of voice, all of the things that really make a difference. Yes, we can throw in the emojis, but okay. <laughs> or the cap letters, depending on if I'm shouting at you. <laughs> and, and one of the things, even if it's in a text message where you have it in black and white, the words, we interpret what those words mean. And the same sentence, there's a seven word sentence. I didn't say I gave you presents. Sorry, six words. And if you put the emphasis on the different word, it changes the meaning of the sentence. And so just the words by themselves. So when couples get into the, you said this, no, I didn't. Yes, you did. It's okay. Stop. First off, now you're in this particular case, they actually have the hard copy of it. But in a lot of cases, we're depending on our memory, and we don't necessarily hear what the other person says. We hear it through a lens. It's like playing that old game of telephone when we were little kids. That's <laughs> wait, how did that happen? Because it went through all of our lenses, and we get into an argument about what was said, what wasn't said, as opposed to going deeper into what are we talking about and why does it matter? What's really going on here? And, and it gets waylaid into memories, memories about what was or was not said. Or, or the worst part about it is telling somebody else what they meant. Please don't do that. It's like, why do you want to believe that I meant this? Because that now we're into that 
interaction kind of belief system about, okay, why do you think I would say something purposely to hurt you? That's a whole, that now we're talking about a whole different thing. That even happens in person conversation. I can think of several times where my wife was like, what you said was, and I'm like, Yes, that's what I said, but how you took it is not what I intended. And so my, my, the better way of saying is what I heard was not what you said, but mm. what I actually heard, because that's really where the challenge comes in. Cause I didn't, what I said or what I meant to say, or what I, the meaning behind what I was saying was this, and it was interpreted this other way. And I've had clients come in and say, last time you said, blah, blah, blah. And I go, Oh my God, that's what they took away. And then I could stop and think, okay, I can understand how they got that meaning from what I said, but that <laughs> is not what I meant. And it's hard. It's very, it's much more complicated than just opening our mouths and just letting the words come out. Yeah. So you talked about the rules and learning the rules. What are some of those mm -hmm. rules that I need to have if I want to <laughs> want to be a good husband or a good partner or whatever? One of the one of the biggest rules that people need to know is the five to one ratio that was uncovered by a guru in the marriage field, John Gottman, where it takes five positive interactions to counteract one negative one. And because we're wired to pay attention to the negative, it's a life, it's, it keeps us alive, right? And so if that ratio was less than five to one, then what's happening is we're taking more deposit, we're making more withdrawals out of our love bank account than we're making deposits. And like any other bank account, we want a really high balance. So when I'm doing very positive things, making sure that I'm having a positive interaction with my spouse. And a lot of times it's the little things. It's am I please and thank you. The magic words, right? Being being kind, generous. If if my partner having a conversation, it's okay, know that my partner gets cold, the having a blanket on the back of the couch or or getting them a sweater, just very nice, kind things. And and it's really about making our partners a priority, not more than us, but equal to us. And it's keeping an eye on the relationship, what makes it work, right? And it is, it's meeting, getting my emotional needs met, being willing to meet my partner's emotional needs. And that's a big one. What are those? Because we all have the same physiological needs, but once we get into that emotional stuff, we start to be different people. And what's important to you might not matter to me, but because you're my partner, it now has to matter to me. We have to have a way of working through that. Does that make sense? 100%. Yeah. I think a lot of times we don't notice that there's a problem or that something's wrong until that love bank that you talked about where we deposit our affection and all those positive mm -hmm. things and the care and the thoughtfulness. We haven't done enough of that. And so by the time we realize there's a problem, both of us are usually on E. The husband and the wife are on E and then they're just at each other's throats. And everything you do is like, amplified and so giving yourself permission to take time to fix it is important to be like all right we got a mess well, it's going to get better and it's also important to and this is where a lot of couples get into trouble is my partner is seeing this as a problem i don't think it's a problem relationship rule if one person thinks it's a problem it's a problem. If the relationship is only working for one person, it's not working. And so we have to, and 
I may be completely at a loss as to why my partner is viewing this as a problem. And so instead of arguing with them, it's, can I, this is a communication skill, listening to understand, not listening to respond. I think, and and I think, validating feelings. That's another rule. It's like, I don't have to share your feelings, but I do need to acknowledge that this is what is being felt. Yeah, I, that's a big one because we have this tendency to be offended that they feel something different than we feel. Yeah. I like to listen to like hard rock sometimes where they're screaming. That makes me happy. My wife doesn't like that. I'm with your I, wife. I, I like, send her please a don't scream at me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not all the time, but sometimes, or I, I like to listen to the news. And when I listen to the news, I get really angry and I yell at the radio and it's, it makes me feel good. And my wife is like, I don't want to listen to this news right now. And having to recognize that we're two different people and we have two different things that we like and that we care about it. But a lot of times when you're in that state of fear and frustration, then even something as simple as what you like becomes contention. And the goal is to not let it get to that point. And that can be challenging because one is about having a process by which we're checking in with each other frequently, that we're not letting things build up. But in order to do that, we have to create a safe space so that when I come to the table with a challenge or you come to the table with a challenge, we have a way of addressing that challenge that both people feel respected, heard, and valued, not prove it to me. So it's like, I don't have to prove my feelings. My feelings are. Now I, now, I may be interpreting things in a particular way that isn't helpful, but the first thing is to just validate. So I'm hearing that this is really hard. Or I'm, or I'm hearing that this is something that this is problematic. Tell me more. Invite them to share. And this is a hard one because when it's somebody we care about, when it's somebody that we're connected to and we've built a life with, and by the way, this is one of the things that women do not understand about men, is that when men jump into the fix-it mode, they're not intending to minimize their wives' feelings. What they want is for, is they love their wife so much that it is very painful for a man to see the woman that he loves in pain. So he wants to get rid of that pain for her. That's his whole, that's his whole reason for doing what he's doing. He's just missing that one step of acknowledging her feelings before trying to make them go away because he doesn't want her to hurt, but she's interpreting it in a completely different than how it's meant. My 17 year old daughter has a boyfriend. He's actually visiting and he's in the other room. He might be able to hear me right now, but that's okay. <laughs> he, I watched him do the most amazing thing one day. My daughter was upset and he just looked at her and he took her hand and he said, honey, do you want me to listen right now? Or do you want me to offer you solutions? And I'm like, where was this kid when I was 17 and had no idea what I was doing? And I'd actually even throw that on something that women should do. We should let our partners know or whoever we're talking to know. I don't want you to be the devil's advocate. I want you to tell me that and that person was horrible to me. Even if you don't believe it, that's what I want you. That's what I want from you right now. Because it's my job to let you guys know, not your job to try to guess. Because when we're left to guessing... 
we're going to go back to what we would want in that situation. If it's not clear right. what my partner wants in that situation, because sometimes when people get upset, they actually want to be left alone. Let me just go stew in my own juice. Let me just go be by myself for a little while and I'll come back. But we use ourselves. I would want this. So let me go do this to this person for this person. And that's not what they want. So we actually need to talk about that kind of thing. What works for me? What doesn't? What works for you? What doesn't? Okay, let's go with that. And they don't have to be the same. Yeah, because we're, as you said before, we're different people. So what do you think are some of the biggest struggles that, that a marriage or a relationship faces that, that really are that really need that we really need to work on, we really need to shore up? Communication, obviously, is a big one. And you mentioned what I think is the biggest challenge is just accepting that we're two different people and how are we going to work together. I liken relationships to like being like a three-legged race or a tandem bicycle. We have to, if we're going to make them work, we have to learn to work together. And you may have longer legs than I do, so you need to slow down and I need to speed up or we need to get clear about what it is we want. It's really funny because when you have a job, they'll ask you, what are your goals for this year? And what's your, what's your plan? Where do you see yourself? All these things that we talk about. And we don't talk about that in marriage. We get married. <laughs> they go, okay, go off. And then nobody tells you how to do it. And this, what are our goals? What do we want? Whether it's money is a big issue because money is not about money. It's, it's not about the dollars and cents. It's about what money means. Does, is money love? Is money success? Is money freedom? What does that mean? Intimacy is a big one. How do we negotiate through that? Communication, of course, is big. How do we deal with our friends and family? Do we, what traditions do we want to have? All of these things come about because you have one experience and one view of the world and I have another and we're trying to combine them and one isn't better or worse than the other. One's more familiar, one's more comfortable. And then it's when we run into this, these uncomfortable places of do we have a way of working through those that promotes our relationship and not damage it. Yeah, you mentioned intimacy there, and that is something I actually have heard a lot, especially from guys who are on the verge of divorce or facing divorce where they haven't had intimate relations, sex, we can say sex, <laughs> but they haven't had sex in months or years sometimes. And when I know that by the time it gets to that point, there's, it's going to take a lot of work to repair that. But what are some advice for people who want to work on that part of the relationship? But one thing is that they have to acknowledge it's a problem. And we don't talk about sex. Pornography is everywhere, but we don't talk about sex. We don't talk about what it looks like, why we're having it. It's actually an incredible bonding experience. And it actually is one of the acceptable ways for that men have been allowed to get in touch with their feelings because that's just what it is. Yes, there's a very pleasurable physical component to it, but we don't want to underestimate the power of that emotional component. And I talk about intimacy as the cosmic joke. I don't know who designed the system because men and women are just biologically, we come to things in a very different, 
way. And there's a lot about women and sexuality that is very confusing and not well known. And one of the things is that probably about 50% of women, if not more, have what's known as responsive desire, meaning we don't actually feel desire until we're physically aroused. And so that's part of why a lot of times women don't necessarily initiate sex is because they're, they're not feeling desire. It's not that they're not attracted to their partner. It's just, I need to be physically aroused before I get there. And that, that can be, that could be a real bone of contention if people don't understand that. It's not that I'm not interested right. in sex. And, and there are some other things that, you know, both men and women have to deal with around intimacy issues because it's not something that we, again, Nobody takes a relationship 101 class. Nobody takes a sex 101 class in terms of not just the mechanics of it, but, but technique and all of these things. We need a sex school, right? So that couples don't necessarily do that, especially early on when they're in the in love phase where sex and intimacy is easy and everything feels good. And then life goes on and things happen and babies come and you've got a whole nother, you've got a whole nother set of stuff going on. And then, and I know that then you've got that side of it and then you also have, okay, then prostates start getting enlarged and testosterone starts dipping on both sides. It, the physicality of it goes up and down and there are things that that relationship also requires communication and it's so hard to talk about because it so feels very kinda... personal it's very yeah. personal you and... don't want to tell her you're doing a bad job <laughs> <laughs> or vice versa and, and by the way that's the other thing that can be very confusing about women because based on where they are in their cycle frequently what feels good one time doesn't feel good the next time. So it's, oh, we're playing, okay, guess what technique's gonna work today? And for me, I'm a sense of humor I think is always very helpful. If we can laugh about stuff, it makes it a lot easier. And again, it's about what do we want and getting clear. And so I'm not, but if physical intimacy is important to you, then it needs to be part of the relationship and we need to talk about it in a way that isn't judgmental, hurtful. It, and it is, it's very difficult to talk about because we don't wanna hurt people. And it's easier again, to just stick it in the corner but it doesn't get resolved that way. And, and I think it's the case with kind of all the things we've talked about, money or any of those things. If we don't take the time to actually sit down and discuss what we need from each other. And it's funny how different our perspectives are. I have noticed this in my life and I've noticed it in other people's lives as too. If you were to take any given couple on any given day and say, all right, let's look at a letter grade from A to F. How was our marriage doing? The man mm -hmm. will always say two and a half points better than what his wife says. Yeah, and I've, I've, and I'll, I'm always really curious as to whether that is because their expectations are lower or higher, I guess maybe that, that or, or that things truly don't bother them or whether they feel like there's no point in mentioning it because this is as good as it's going to get and I might as well just be satisfied with it. And that's part of what I'm, it's part of the reason why I work with men is because I don't want them to 
feel like they have to settle, like they have to not have the things that matter to them. Don't even get me started on happy wife, happy life. That just makes me insane because that I don't think that the wife should be happy, but where's the guy in that? So it's, for me, it's happy spouse, happy house. Both people need to feel good. And we can't, we can't leave men. We can't leave out 50% of the population. Sorry. It's not okay. Yeah. I'm actually have said and taught to many guys, happy wife, happy life. And the concept I get, but yeah, you're right. Like it, it takes two. You both need to work on that. And I think when you are both putting each other's needs first, then both of your needs are being met. And I tend to talk about it in terms of the relationship, that it's not that, because that keeps that out of the scorekeeping. Is this bringing our relationship to what we both want or is it lacking in some way? And if it's lacking in some way, then we both have responsibility for why it is that way. And we have responsibility for making it better and then working through and talking through what that would look like to reach real agreement where we're both on board with whatever this decision is, because it's because I win, you win and the marriage wins. If any one of those things is not winning, we're on the wrong, we're on the wrong track. And so it's bouncing it off against, is this what we have talked about in terms of what we want our relationship to look like, to feel, to be like, and then that's when we can get it up to that nine or 10. Yeah. With a little bit of grace for those times when it's not, it's okay. All right. right. I screwed this one up. Let's move forward. (laughs) And going back to the rules and that's where apologies and compassion come in because when I mess up, I've got to be, even if I didn't intend to. I need to be able to say, you know what? It didn't handle that well, and I'm sorry. And I'm actually convinced that the three hardest words in the English language are not I love you, but I am sorry. Because mm. I can still create havoc even if I didn't mean to. And then I still have to go, you know what? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I appreciate it. I'll do better. And compassion is giving my partner the benefit of the doubt to not automatically jump to the conclusion that they meant to do something harmful and and give them the benefit of being able to learn and do it differently. And this is for both partners. But a lot of times, one of the things I run into with men is they tell me that no matter what they do, it's never good enough. And that breaks my heart. It just breaks my heart because they're trying so hard and their wives are like, I just want to smack their wife. It's like, stop it. <laughs> you yeah. got a good, you yeah. got a good guy here. Stop, stop it. He's not going to be a carbon copy of you. And by well, the way, and, you don't want him to part be. Of, that's why you married a man <laughs> and not your twin sister. <laughs> yep. I think about that, that a lot, that I think part of that nothing I do is ever good enough is as much internal as it is external, because I don't think yep. that my wife wants me to think that. And I think part of it is me beating myself up and not able to embrace that because just like every men have self doubt too, men struggle too. It's just that we tend to, we've learned to project confidence and bravado when we've Uh got self doubt, we're pushing past that in our mind until somebody calls it out. Yeah. And and that's the whole thing. We're more alike than we are different. There are some real differences and, you know, long live the differences. We want differences. We're all basically trying to struggle through this the best we know how. And sometimes we're really good at it. And other times if we just miss the boat and can we, but it's having that place where it's okay 
to not be perfect because there is no perfect and I'm not perfect. My husband's not perfect. We mess up. We get, we get back up and try again. We try to figure out what went wrong. And sometimes it isn't anything either one of us did. It's just, oh, we haven't run into this before. Okay. Where do we go from here? But it's working as a team and it's having that place where we can have those tough conversations with love and respect and kindness. Yeah, 100%. So tell me a little bit about what coaching looks like. So I think a lot of people, again, we have in our mind this, uh, I don't want to go to couples counseling, and so they push it off. So let's just say I reached out to you and I said, I'd like to be coached in this that process look like, because I think that might help take some of the stigma and some of the fear out of these guys who are thinking about that. And for me is... I actually provide a lot of education about what relationship, like how do we communicate with each other? I, I train, I give people the skills about here's what this looks like. We go through an arg, potentially a disagreement or something. So what's the pattern and not beating anybody up for it, but it's okay. So here's what the pattern, here's why it's not working. It's breaking down your golf swing. It's okay. <laughs> here's the pieces you've got. Okay. Here's some other pieces that will be much more helpful. So like I was talking about not using the word you or saying, I heard, not you said. These are little tweaks that, you know, is nobody, it's okay, so we go through this. I actually help guys, we do a values worksheet. What do you say your values are and how are they showing up or not showing up in your relationship? What do we talk about communication styles? Are you somebody who is a fast thinker? Are you somebody who's a processor? How do we incorporate that into your relationship? Things like setting, bound, setting boundaries. What's okay? What's not okay? How do we talk about this? Because we need to have boundaries even with people that we love. It's And a lot of this comes from what we experienced growing up, because that's our normal. Whatever was happening in the four walls growing up, that's normal. And my partners had a completely different normal. So how do we negotiate through that? And, and I cover all the areas about how do we spend our money? How do we spend our time? How do we how do we do the, how do we split up running of the household? All of these things come into play where I take apart, explain the various aspects of the relationship. And then how is it showing up in your life? What do you want different? What needs to happen to get there? And, and a lot of it is it's normalizing stuff. It, nobody's perfect at this. We all have our own struggles and it's also getting into what are our blocks to it? Because if I say that I want something and it's not happening, there's a reason for that. And sometimes it's because I just don't know how, or sometimes it's, I'm afraid of my partner's reaction to it. Okay. Then we, we work through that, but yeah, there's a lot of educational component to it. And a lot of what is it that you want? How do we get you there? That does that help? clarify. Yeah, I can definitely see that 
make, making sense. Is it, do you, I imagine you do some in person, some on the internet. What's the. Mostly I, I do video because that's, I can do a person COVID. I got rid of my office because nobody could see anybody, but a lot of time. And then I work internationally. I mean, in anybody from any country, because we have the wonderful ability to talk to each other, like you and I are talking to each other. Um, right. I do some in person if they're in the area, but a lot of it is just through they have access to all of the information, all of the worksheets, all of the videos. And then we meet in person for a certain number of times and go through that and implement that. There's some stuff that people have to do on their own. Traditional therapy is another reason why it doesn't work is you come in, you talk for an hour, 40, 45 minutes to an hour, then you go away for a week or two weeks. It's like, you got to be doing all this stuff. If you, you, you want to get better, if you want to get better at free throws, you got to go out and practice. You can't just talk about your free throws for your an hour and then don't do anything for another week. That's not going to work. Now, do you talk with these men and their partners or is it usually just the men and how does that work? I will do both. One of the reasons why I like working strictly with the men is because I jokingly call myself the wife whisperer. I'm going to tell you what she's thinking, why she's doing what she's doing, and I'm going to give you the inside scoop about how to do that. So it's almost like magic happens because one of the things that women are not really good at, even though they like to think they are, is to really help their partners give them what they want. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I do is, is I'm going to tell you this is now, ideally I get the guys before their wives are threatening divorce because that's sometimes when I get them, it's yeah, I needed you about five years ago because it's to help keep them <laughs> out of trouble. And so it, it really is about empowering the men to be the husband's and fathers that they really, that they really want to be. And they just, yeah. they don't know how. And I do work with couples as well, but that can also put a really interesting dynamic onto the situation. Cause a lot of times women don't want to be told we have this whole thing that women are better at relationships. No, actually they're not because women actually initiate anywhere from 67 to 90 percent of the divorces and the more educated the woman that higher that is she's into that 90 percent so it's like so if you really know how to make relationships work why are you getting divorced they don't they just are given a little bit more of a pass and that and so i i can get very frustrated working with women <laughs> I can understand that. He's doing what you're asking him to do. And it's still not, it's like, I don't get this. And because it's, but anyway. I think a lot of that could be just because we've got, by the time most people think to work on it, they're already checked out. The man is going to do everything possible to try yep. to save it. She's already made up her mind and she's giving him one last shot because she wants to try to give him one last shot, not because right. she actually wants to save it. And so you're right, working on it, now, while it's okay, or maybe a little bit frustrating is what you need to do rather right. than wait until it's falling apart, just like my car. Yeah. It, yeah. It's funny because John Gottman, who's the other, like I mentioned before, he's come up with people are in trouble. Their marriages are in trouble for an average of six and a half years before they seek help. And I'm going, would you walk around with a broken leg for six years? <laughs> But well, a lot of it is they don't you, really know what to do. Yeah. 
You just asked that question, and would a man walk around with a broken leg for six years? Yes. Yes. He would think <laughs> it's fine, and he's going to smack some WD-40 and duct tape on it, and he's going to think it's just fine. <laughs> like, I can handle this. So I, we're, we're at that place in the conversation where I've got some questions I like to ask all of my guests, and it really gets fun to ask this first question when I'm talking to a lady. Mm -hmm. and the question is, what does it take to be a man? I think what it takes to be a man is the willingness to take a pretty clear look at who you are and decide, is this who I want to be? And if not, am I willing to do step up and do what needs to be done? What says I'm in alignment with who I want to be, and I'm, I have the courage to do it, that I, that I can recognize there are things that I don't know, but because I want something different, better, I'm willing to step up. That to me is, and that he is okay with saying no sometimes, that it's not always about happy wife, happy life, that it's okay for him to take a stand for things that matter. So I think that's a really good answer. It's a good perspective. Are there things that, that as a man that I really need to know about what, who a woman is and what a woman is? What do I really need to know about when it comes to that? That she really does want you to be confident in yourself that she can move into her feminine side. Because right now we've got women are, re I'd say society is rewarded for being in their masculine side. And when we're out in the business world and stuff, we're very much rewarded for that, but we want to be able to be into our feminine side. And so in order to do that, we need somebody who's going to be comfortably in his masculine energy. And that can be really confusing because a lot of times guys are going, she doesn't want me to do this. <laughs> it's more how it's done that, that, and again, if it's done with that sense of, I've got this, I can take this. You can, you, you don't have to be in your masculine energy because that doesn't, it's fine for men to be in their feminine energy as well. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just, it, we want that yin yang going on. And that's one of the things that I think a lot of times men don't know. Because she can be, because yeah. a lot of times women can be pretty harsh when they're in their, when they're unhappy and they're, and they can really be harsh. And guys are like, well, I don't, I don't want to see her. I'll do anything to keep her in the closet. And that's, no, she needs, she doesn't get to rule the roost. Yeah, I can get, I can see that. I, I tend to define things differently. So the masculine feminine energy, I see that differently in my mind. I don't think that I have a feminine side myself I, at the same time. I think that to be nurturing and to be tender and to be loving and compassionate, I, that's, those are masculine traits too. It's just that yes. they are expressed in a masculine way. But the concept of what you're saying, I agree with just no right. words, guy. But I fully understand what you're talking about, and I can see that. Next question for you, Leslie. If you were to run into the 10-year-old version of yourself, what do you want yourself to know? 
that it works out that my 10 year old self was not a very happy little person. And, but that there are going to be people out there that will support me, that will think I'm worth it, that will make me feel, that will allow me to grow into who I want to be. And that really it's going to be okay and it's going to get better. Yeah. Do you think that 10 year old you would have heard it and been able to receive it? Yes, because there were a couple of people at that time that, that there just weren't enough of them and they weren't the people <laughs> that I needed them to be. But it, my parents were not in a good place when I was 10 years old. And so that was, it's part of why I do what I do because I do remember how difficult that was. And I am, my goal is to protect all the 10 year old, five, 10 year olds out there that don't have a say. And a lot of times it's because their parents didn't know. And so it's, yeah, it, I think it might've been hard, but yeah, somebody might've been able to get through to me. I don't know. I love asking that question in the follow-ups. It's always interesting because there's a lot of times, there's a lot of consistency with all of the different people that I talk to that 10 years old, tends to be a pretty, there's a lot of the same kinds of things going on in a lot of different people, which is, I think, yeah. an interesting thought. My next question for you, Leslie, is what is your best advice for the men that are listening today? My best advice is not to wait. Don't, it's scary, I get it, because doing anything different is a little bit scary, but it's about don't wait to empower yourself. Don't wait to have the kind of relationship that you want to have because you can have it but the longer you wait the harder it's going to be and so that would be this even if you're even if you think things are okay check in make sure and don't settle hmm. i think it's excellent advice Excellent advice. If our listeners want to connect with you, they want to know about your coaching and the work that you do, what is the best way for them to connect? There are two ways. They can either send me an email, which is Leslie, L-E-S-L-I. Thank you, mom. No E. There's not an E at the end of my name. <laughs> at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S coaching and as in Nancy C as in Charlie.com. Or they can go to the Hero Husband Project website, which is www.theherohusbandproject.com. Awesome. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes Great. as well so our listeners can check it out. I have really enjoyed this conversation today. I think I've gotten a lot out of it. Great. And, I've uh, so appreciated it. I've had a wonderful time. Awesome. I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks. Leslie, thank you so much for being on the show with us. Uh, I really appreciate your perspective. And I, uh, I definitely hope that our guys will check out the links in the show notes if there's something that really is uh, triggering in their heart saying, look, I, I need some help with this because I, I believe that you can help. And I, I think you've helped us already, given us a lot of really good information. So thank you for that. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, I want to invite you to the Manlyhood Man Cave. It's our free online Facebook group where you can grow, you can be equipped, you can be entertained because we have fun in there too, where you can uh, level up as a man because you've got other men in community with you helping you to grow. So it's our private Facebook group called the Manlyhood Man Cave. You just want to go, answer a couple questions, and we'll let you in if you're a man. And we'd love to hear from you. So make sure you join it, guys. 
As always, guys, I love you. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast. Cast.